How many of you were very disappointed when you saw the pastor's sermon title and you're like, my Lord Jesus, I understand I'm not faith, but we got to bring football into this too. Uh, we do because, listen, let me tell you why. Because some of you guys, our gals, the only way I'm going to get your attention is to talk a little bit of football, okay? I'm going to share some things with you. You know, if you live in the South, even if you don't care about either of these two things, outside of knowing sweet tea, okay, you know it's deer season, and you know that it is football season, okay? Whether you like it or not. In fact, um, let, me, let me try to encourage some marriages that might fall apart otherwise. Listen, make sure you aren't just throwing corn out outside the house, okay? Uh, make sure you don't watch the ball games too much uh, to where she has to throw, throw you out. But, um, you know, when it comes to football in the South, I put this down. I mean, this is actually in my notes. I want you to hear it with your heart, okay? You're leaning in? Just like cornbread goes with super chili, just like grits go with shrimp, fish, or chicken, or chicken liver, just like barbecue pork goes with hash and rice, amen? amen. The South will always be full of deer hunters and football fans. And even if they weren't cheering any during the season, come to Carolina Clemson time, they could be talking. They could be cheering. Listen, I know many of you are probably shaking your head. You're going, man, you know what? I already got to deal with this junk outside of here. And, and, um, and, and, and as my wife might would nicely say, I'll listen to what you're trying to say, but I really don't care. <laughs> Either way, you know, it's not going to change my life. Listen, I've entitled today's message, Faith and Football. And what I want you to hear today is this, whether you're a football fan or not, is that this message can meet you where you are. It's going to tell you a whole lot about um, how to live out your faith, things that you can expect as you try to live by faith. And I'm hoping that uh, we open up our hearts today. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, God, right now, open our eyes to see what you want us to see. Open our ears to hear what you want us to hear. And open our hearts that we... Lord, might um, receive what it is that you want us to receive. Lord, may we not only become more informed, but may we become transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I, I've got to say this before we go any further. So I know I mentioned earlier that um, barbecue, again, from my perspective, is pulled pork, and it goes with hash and rice. Well, I lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area for a little bit. And first of all, they thought my accent was worse than Morgan Wallen's, okay? I believe that, okay? I mean, they were like, man, you talk so funny. And then, but the thing that um, in, in ministerial school, when I was getting my master's uh, there in the Fort Worth area, my, um, uh, I guess you'd say my classmates, um, somehow we got in a, a debate about barbecue. And I told them about how disappointed I was when I got there and I thought I was going to have the hash and rice and, and meat and all, and they're bringing me out something called a, a brisket. And at that time, I didn't know the difference between a brisket and a biscuit, okay? <laughs> I know we talk about briskets nowadays, but I'm just telling you. That's, and, and by the way, those are good, too. If you drop one of those off by my door and you cooked it well, I will take it in Jesus' name. But we actually got in a fight, I guess you'd say, if you call it a little fight like that, where he's talk, they talk about my accent. And one person even said, listen, well, if you like the barbecue so much there, you, you just can go back to South Carolina. And I said, I will as soon as God lets me. <laughs> and so here we are. Barbecue and God brought me back. Um, why do I share these things? I have no clue. 
I have no clue. Hopefully it's to wake you up. Hopefully it's to get you tuned in today. I want to share with you today some things that, 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 that I feel like are, are going to have a significant impact in some form or fashion in your life. The first thing that you need to understand when it comes to football, our faith, is, is that you have to choose your team. You've got to choose your team. Now, God has given us free choice. We can choose whatever team. We can choose whatever we want to put our faith in. But in football, um, you're either on the offense or the defense. You're either the home team or the opposing team. And ultimately, you're either going to be the losing team or the winning team. But my son, Asher, who claims that he's going to take over this church soon, he's telling me at 13, he's like, Daddy, I see you getting tired. Um, I, I'm ready now. But he said to me one time, he said, Daddy, I'm always on the winning team because I'm on the Jesus team. And I want some of you to hear that today. If you choose to be on the Jesus team, you're on the winning team. If you choose to not be on his team and walk his way, you're not headed to a bright tomorrow. I ask you today, whose team are you on? Are you following Jesus or following the world? Are you chasing God's dreams for you? Or are you chasing the American dream, which is really the American nightmare? Are you God's instrument or are you Satan's tool? Because I promise you there's no in-between at all times. Either, either, either we're being used to be light or even as a believer, we can be used by Satan to be darkness. Listen, there's only one way that leads to life. And Jesus makes it very clear, though, that there are two options. You can either choose death or life. You can either choose Christ or you can let the devil take you wherever that he wants to take you. John 10.10, Jesus says, The thief's purpose, that is Satan's, the devil's purpose, is to steal and to kill and destroy. Listen, Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything that God has for you. But then Jesus says, my purpose, the reason I came, the reason why I'm seeking and pursuing you with my love and dying for you, I came so that you can have a rich and satisfying life. That is not talking about possessions or money. It is talking about peace and purpose and hope that money can't buy, but can only be found in Christ. In John 24, 15, it says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the God your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the God of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Now, one thing I know about, um, like, just like Caroline and Clemson fans, sometimes you're a, you're a family that all of you are, are on the same team, and sometimes you're a house divided. And so you got to figure out how to not talk a whole lot during Thanksgiving. Or after Thanksgiving. But I want you to hear me. Everybody in here, you, you're either on the Jesus team or you're going astray. Listen, being on the Jesus team is a decision. It is a decisive decision, okay? The most decisive decision you'll ever make in this life is just this one. Am I, am I going to invite Jesus Christ into my heart to be my Savior and Lord? And am I going to pursue what he has for me? Am I, am I going to decide to follow Jesus, no turning back, no matter what, no matter who goes with me? It is, it is a decisive decision. Listen, the only way you can be sure that God is on your side, I want you to remember this, is to make sure that you are on his side. Listen, when God, when God knows that you are astray, he's, he's not going to bless that, that pathway. But secondly, whether you're in faith or football, you must expect adversity. 
you must expect adversity. As a college football fan, all right, I don't, I don't watch hardly any TV. Again, I could, I could literally go two months without watching anything on the TV. That's how little bit I'm telling you that I watch, other than college football and American Idol or The Voice. If any of you get on The Voice or American Idol, let me know. I want to watch. I want to know that you're going to be on there. Shout out Refuge Church. RefugeChurch.org, right, Brother Trey? But I always have a little pep talk with myself before the season, and it kind of goes like this. Now, Craig, you don't need to talk with Shane Beamer or Dabo Sweeney to know that this season might not go the way you planned. You might not win games that you thought you were going to win. You might not. Um, you, you may lose all of them or you may lose some of them, but you are bound for disappointment. In fact, I mean, soon as I, if I'm watching a ball game and I'm into it and I see it slipping away, I'm already telling myself, that don't matter. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody can understand what I'm saying? I'm like, who cares about foosball? Water boy. Let me get away from that. And, and, and because, listen, what can happen with football is, is, is football can become a god. You see? Football can become a god. In fact, I would, I would sit here and argue with you right now. It is one of the greatest, biggest gods we got out there. Okay? It's way bigger. Their stadiums fill up. They have standing room only. People will pay whatever price. People will stay however long. People will do whatever it is to get to watch the game. And I wonder, why do we not see that when it comes to people pursuing their faith? Because sometimes we have other things that we got our faith in more than seeking him. But it doesn't matter what road you take, even when you walk with faith, you're going to face adversity. Coach Tony Dungy, he said this. He said, you can't always control circumstances. However, you can control your attitude, your approach, and your response to them. Your options are to complain or to look ahead and figure out how to make the situation better. You've heard this said before. You know, life is, 90, is, is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. Doesn't mean, though, that some of you hadn't been through some very, very disappointing, difficult things and aren't going through that. But, but even, even the most sold-out believer in Christ, listen, I wake up each day knowing that I'm going to face adversity. Some I expected, some I didn't see coming that day. Listen, Jesus never said that life would be a cakewalk. You, you need to not think that, that whenever you do put your life in God's hands and then you go, well, man, I really surrendered everything to the Lord Sunday morning. I don't understand why my Monday morning's going this way. Listen, nobody said that, that out there that you can expect things to be easy. Jesus never said that you follow him and all your problems go away. What he said was, in him you can find peace, you can find hope, no matter what the situation. Jesus says in John 16, he said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Listen, Scripture tells us that, that for us to not be taken off our guard and, and, and just kind of tossed and turned by our circumstances, we have to stay spiritually alert, like, like at all times. Because the devil, our adversary, he is looking for those that he can devour. I want you to write this down. It's something God gave me. He said, the easiest prey are those who underestimate the opponent. 
the easiest prey are those who underestimate their opponent. Listen, some people, they are in a fairy tale land. They just think that the devil doesn't exist. They just think all this stuff about faith in Christ is baloney. And so life keeps slamming them and slamming them and slamming them. And they think they're in control. But what's really happened is, is Satan has made them an easy prey, easy tool. He's knocking them down. He's, he's making them think they're worthless. He's making them think that they have no value. He's making them think they have no hope. That's what he does. Your enemy, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, it says, Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Listen, I have the same doubts that you have. I have the same feelings that you feel. I have the same disappointments that you have. I have the same fears that many of you have. But my hope is not in my circumstance. My hope is in my Savior. And my peace is there. Because see, listen, a ball game will disappoint you. People will disappoint you. Circumstances will disappoint you. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen? Amen. He, he's, the only, he's the only one you can always trust. But you have to still expect adversity. That's why first thing in the morning, you want to make sure your little hand is in God's big hand because you probably are going to deal with something that day that is God-sized that only he can take you through. But thirdly, when it comes to faith and football, you must practice self-discipline. You must practice self-discipline. Winning football games starts long before the kickoff. Players have to spend hours and hours getting in shape, lifting weights, running through drills and sweating and, 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 and just gelling and trying to, trying to get discipline to reach their best potential. Coach Tony Dungy said this. He said, moving from desire to actually doing better is only achieved with self-discipline. I want you to hear that one in case you want to write it down. He says, moving from desire to actually doing better is only achieved with self-discipline. You can have hopes for a lot of things, but if you aren't truly doing what it takes to get there, you'll never get there. You can want to experience God's great fullness in your life, but you'll never get there without choosing to seek the disciplines it takes, whether it be prayer, whether it be getting into God's Word, whether it be coming together with other believers that can encourage you and you encourage them, whether it be learning how to let the Spirit lead you, not the flesh. When you learn how to pursue God and, 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 and put in place the habits that it takes. Listen, I promise you this. If you really want something in life, you will do whatever necessary to get there. And that's how you got to get to your walk with the Lord. I mean, here I am years later. I'm still just learning that. I'm like, I'm like God, I didn't even realize that I'm just having to continue. Like every day of my life and every week, I'm learning more how to be all in. How to be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to have adversity, so don't get thrown by that. And, and, and hey, you know what? You, you, can, you can pursue me more or, or you'll get drugged by this world. You know why so many people conform to the outside? It's because it's easier. It's easier to go with the current than to live against the current. There's a small minority of people who truly, genuinely know Jesus Christ as a Savior and Lord and are seeking Him with all their heart. 
Listen, athletes that compete at the highest level, they've gone through countless practices and, and they have to live with, with, with extreme um, uh, disciplines each day. I, I, I mean, some of you know this with my health. It, well, you know it from what you hear, but I cannot explain to you the disciplines that I have to live from sun up to sundown for you to still see me as your pastor. There was a time where, I mean, I'm talking about so many times. It's week after week after week. The only reason I didn't resign from the church is I didn't want to disappoint anybody. That's just the flat truth. That went on for a couple years. I said, okay, God, I guess I, I just got to, I got to believe that you can, if you took me to it, you could take me through it. And thank God, you know, some things, you, how many of you know, you just, by God's grace, you got through it? By God's grace, you still have opportunity. And so, because I'm so thankful, I'm like an like athlete who tore all their ACLs and everything else and, and is like, man, just happy to be still in the game. Okay? And, 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 and so, I have to live with certain disciplines, physically, relationally, whatever, to try to make sure that I keep myself in the best mental shape, spiritual shape, physical shape that I can be so that I can be the person and even be the pastor that God would have me to be because how many of you know you can't take somebody somewhere you're not headed first Corinthians 9 25 through 27 it says all athletes are disciplined in their training they do it to win a prize that will fade away but we do it for an eternal prize so I run with purpose in every step I am not just shadow boxing I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Do you know how many of my friends that have been pastors that have found themselves disqualified? They spent years in school and, and, and in ministry, and they're out of it, not because they just jumped out of it, but, but Satan just got a hold, started taking some things down. Started just, just one little step here, one little step there. Do you know what I try to guard the best I possibly can? Is I want to make sure that I, I listen, I'm not trying to just make other people proud. I want to make God proud. I, 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 don't, I don't want to just try to preach to a bunch of people. I want to make sure that I'm putting my knees down, that I'm seeking the Lord, and that I'm taking that next right step. You know, what separates those who experience God's best from those who don't? It often comes down to spiritual disciplines, spiritual disciplines, seeking the things that you have to change. You know, what do they say is the definition of sanity, doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. Listen, there's nothing wrong. I want all of you to hear this in turning around. Plenty of times I have to, man, I'll have all these ideas and thoughts and stuff. And finally, God's like, listen, are you done? Are you done running like a, like a little, little hamster on a wheel? I mean, honestly, y'all, I'm at that point in my life, I'm done with that. I, 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 I want to live freely, and I want to live the rest of my life for God's glory. And I, the only way I know to do that is to keep uh, seeking to, to get into his word, be among his people, and continue to do whatever that I need to do to remove things that are not worth it to seek that which is worth it. First Timothy 4.8 says, Physical training. Is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. You know what makes it really easy as a pastor? Is I know for a fact we're selling hope. We're selling hope. No, no coach can, can, can promise that. No team can promise that, but Jesus can. 
Jesus can, can, can bless you and everything that you pursue for Christ, it is never a waste. Proverbs 10, 17 and chapter 12, verse 1 says, People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. That's the New Living Translation. It had to be written by a Southerner. It got the word stupid in it. Or my daddy's favorite, idiot. But I want you to hear me on this right here. Um, there have been great athletes before, highly recruited, five-star players on football teams that they had all the potential in the world, but they had no desire and discipline. They had no desire to do what it takes to, to, to be at the level that they had potential. Where are you with that? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? I think one of the best things anybody can say about any of us, are we teachable? By the way, you've got to be humble in order to be teachable. You've got you to not think that you know all the answers as well as you've got to understand that none of us know all the answers. I mean, do you know how many times I'm looking somebody in the face? It's like every service. I'll be talking to somebody, and God's leading me to ask this person this or do this or whatever, and, 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 and I'm just having to say, can I just be honest with you? I still don't know what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but I know who I'm doing it for, and I know who I'm listening to, and I know that I'm seeking to follow him the best of my ability. And, and, and listen, with that, listen, you can't say yes to Jesus and not be willing to say all the other yeses necessary to follow through with your commitment and your promise. Which brings me to number four. When it comes to faith in football, you must follow your head coach. You must follow your head coach. Winning teams are all about following the vision of a head coach. Every player has to stay coachable, moldable, leadable together and not make it about them. Listen, the only, only football team that can play together is the team that is all playing on the same vision. That's why our vision really matters a lot to us here. We really mean it when we say that the core of this church, we exist to love, lift, and lead people to Jesus Christ. That is our vision, and then we invite people to that. When it comes to your faith, Jesus is your head coach, and you have to learn how to, regardless of how grown you become, okay? We never outgrow this. doesn't matter whether we're 9 or 99. He's the father. We're the child. You have to tune in to the head coach. You have to learn to listen and obey God's voice. Listen, uh, you have to make walking with God not just a Sunday thing, but a day-to-day -day thing. And, and trust me, that is difficult for all of us. You can just simply cut on the radio and it takes you off track. You know what I mean. You can get to work and deal with the same junk you dealt with last week, and that can take you off track. You have to be extremely intentional. And that's why I believe that Jesus, he was the best coach I know at, um, at using his timeouts wisely. We've talked about it before that Luke 5, 16 says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He knew when to get away. He knew when to stop. He knew when to go, hey, you know what? Right now, I got to lean in a little bit harder because I'm going to get distracted by this person or that person. Listen, nobody can, can have a personal relationship with God for you. You've got you to pursue that. And so there's a million voices we hear each day. But Jesus says, I need you to listen to my voice. John 10, 27 says, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, listen, you, we got a lot of voices around us. 
family, friends, with TV, social media, just culture. We got, we got all kinds of voices. You have to learn to, to seek and hear and obey the voice that matters most. And that is your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to write this down. Until you decide to live for an audience of one, your life will constantly be tossed by every voice around you and within you. I don't just mean this as a pastor, but as a person, I know there's plenty of decisions you make in life. You cannot make everybody happy. It's not possible. You have to go, okay, does this make God happy? Is this what God wants? Is this, is this where God is leading? We, listen, the reason we oftentimes look and smell and sound just like the culture is because we're living in the culture. We're listening and following the same things of the culture instead of saying, hey, you know what? I can't find Christ in that culture. I've got to seek him. I've got to open his word. I've got to lean in. I've got I to gotta seek him with all of my heart. 2 Timothy 2.4 says, No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Some people, if they run into me at the wrong time, they might think, Well, my Lord, man, that pastor reminds me of some of them old school preachers. Man, he's taking everything too seriously. Well, I'm not trying to be intent, but I'm trying to be very serious. If I didn't think it was worth it, what we were talking about today, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be up here. I wouldn't be talking about it with you. I wouldn't be sharing it with you. I want you to understand, listen, you, you got to be all in and you got to be all ears to hear the voice of God. Listen, sometimes, I mean, there's tons of things um, I would love for God to tell me um, how this is going to work out, how I'm supposed to do this, how I'm supposed to do that. But I can't worry about what I haven't heard from the voice of God. But I want to make sure that I am at least doing what he's already made clear to me. Sometimes when you know nothing else, you want to just at least be applying the lessons learned and the guidance given from his word. Listen, Coach Tony Dungy once said, he said, I don't have the strength or the wisdom to get through a single day without guidance and grace from God. It's sometimes easier to do the wrong thing, but it's always better to do the right thing. Listen, you know, the Christian life, it is just a series of taking the next right step, the best of your ability. Don't worry about what I think. Don't worry about anybody else thinks. Do the right thing, and God will bring the reward and the blessing. But fifthly, when it comes to faith in football, you must lean on your teammates. You must lean on your teammates. Football is a team sport. It's one of those sports. It's, it's not like tennis where, where it's just one person against one person. Every player matters. Every position matters. Every teammate has a part to play. And you've got to learn to lean upon one another. A very successful athlete once said, really get to know and establish relationships with your teammates because they are your new family. And they will be the ones there for you when anything goes wrong. Some of you, it just, just really brought this to my heart. Some of you, um, having a church family is very new to you. And, and so if you've not been with us too long, you might not realize the, the, the love that really is around Refuge Church. I could truly sit here and tell you, if you, if you were to pull back the curtain and, 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 and find 30 or 40 leaders that, that, that all um, are, are committed here, that, that the hearts are genuine, the love is real. The invitation to join us is, is, is real. We don't have any agenda. 
Okay, all we want is God's best for you. You might be meant to be with us for a season, or you might be meant to be a part of this church family for a, for a long time, but we want you to understand there are people around you that care and, and, and want to be your teammate. If, if you don't know of anybody in the building that, that could, cares about you or, or you feel like um, is praying for you, you, you meet me after service. I promise you I can locate one very easily because we all need teammates. We all need to value one another. You know, that's something that's changed for me in 30 years of ministry. I value you way more than I ever did. I valued people. I loved people all the years. But when I say I value you is, is I'm sitting back saying, hey, how can I help you discover God's best? How can I help you um, uh, reach your God potential? Some of you, you, you've been knocked down so much in life, your confidence is shattered. But I'm telling you, God loves to take the shattered and, 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 and just do marvelous things. Because then he really gets full glory. When people realize what all you had to twist through and turn through and, and dealt with, and yet Jesus made all the difference. Some of you, you know, you get on the right team, some of your, um, some of your uh, friends are going to think you've been drinking something. You get on the Jesus team. They can be like, oh, my Lord Jesus. Why are they doing that? Why aren't they doing this? And, and what have you. And some of you are those living examples. Some of you, you, you know, if I was to tell certain friends of yours that only knew you in a past, they'd be like, well, there's no way this person's doing that or that person's doing that. And sure enough, God's getting the glory because he is doing that. Tom Brady once said this. He said, not every pass is perfect. Not every block is perfect. But ultimately, everybody has to try to fill each other's job. And, and if you're slightly off, you, you got someone there to push you up. Listen, in our faith life, you need people that can pick you up. You need Jesus, God's son, and your savior, and you need Jesus with skin, which is the body of Christ. If somebody says, well, what in the world is the value of the church? The church has tons of value, not just to accomplish the mission, but to encourage those who are believers. Everybody needs encouragement. You can feel strong in your faith one minute, and the next minute you feel like, man, you know what? Do I have any faith? Listen, to get where God wants you to go, I want you to remember this. You must walk in community with other believers. You will not get there alone. I can promise you that. You will not get there alone. At any moment, life can knock you down. At any moment, you will need somebody to pick you up. Are you in relationships so that someone will even know when you fall? Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Man, that makes me think about marriage. The man and the woman need each other, but they also need the Savior. And that's what creates the perfect triangle. Listen, the folks that I worry about the most are the folks that try to walk alone. They're like, I don't need anybody. I, can, I just got this under control. Well, I'm sitting here telling you, I need, I need people. I can't think of any area of my life that I don't need people at. I can't think of any area of my life that I don't still need to grow in. And you know what, what, what that's really started um, un, untucking something for me, and that's, um, uh, I don't know how long more God has for me in life. 
But once you learn truly how to seek God and that life is just about loving God and loving people and, and, and leading as many people as you can to, to Jesus, listen, your life, you wake up every day with purpose. You wake up every day with purpose. You wake up every day with expectation. You can wake up every day saying, hey, you know what? God's got a plan for my life. But you need to understand you can't accomplish those plans alone. You need teammates some of you, you need to not put one foot in the door of the church. You need to put both feet in the church. And if it's not this church, you need to find some church. Because we're not, it's not about our church. It is about the church. Okay? But no, no one needs to walk alone, and no one needs to be on an island by themselves. You, you know why? Because you're easy prey. You're the easiest prey. Those that want to tell, don't want to tell anybody any struggles... And, 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 and don't let anybody know where you are, Satan will quietly, absolutely knock the life out of you. Listen, he's given us each other to encourage one another, pick one another up, hold one another accountable. And you need to find people who care because, listen, God will put people in your life that care and can be a strength to you maybe in your greatest time of weakness. Don't walk alone. But last but not least, number six, when it comes to faith in football, you must realize what defines success. You have to realize what defines success. Listen, success in football, it can't always be defined by the scoreboard. Otherwise, you know, every, one team's a loser, one team's a winner. On the scoreboard, it may show something different. But listen, the, the question is, did you give your best and did the team have the best impact it could possibly Coach Tony Dungy, he said, success is not just about winning, but about making a positive impact on the lives of others. By the way, that's in every area of life. Anything God's got you to, your work, your, 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 um, your, your leisure times, whatever it is that you pursue and do, God, God wants to use it for his glory. Listen, sports can often and is often about us getting the glory. Sport fans love to trash talk one another. They, they love to scream at, 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 at each other. And by the way, you are not a real college football fan if you don't scream at the TV at least one game. So from now on, Brother Ronald, remind me that. I'm going to ask. I'm going to look at you. I'm going to say, listen, I want you to put your hand on the Bible. Have you ever or could you possibly scream at the TV watching the game? If so, say amen. Say we got some already confession. You don't have to wait for confession. But listen, when it comes to your faith life, success is not about looking better than everybody else. I want you to hear that. It's not about you looking better. It's not about you winning and other people losing. It is about you seeking to be all and who God created you to be. It's about God being allowed to use your life to bring him the greatest glory. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Listen, you were made for God. You were made for his glory to reflect his greatness. Listen, what matters most is that God gets the full glory in your life. Is he getting that in your life right now? Is God allowed to do in you and through you whatever he has planned? Because I promise you, there's only two types of people sitting in this room. There are those who are creating their plans this week, and there's others of us who are seeking his plans for this week. There's a drastic difference. I have learned I can put all I want on a pad and paper, and trust me, I do. I write, all, I write so much stuff that my, my, my wrist should fall off. But just like with this message, I was going to preach something else, but guess what? I always got to allow God to change my plans. 
I, got, I have to allow God. I can't worry about whether it looks fancy or it sounds fancy or it seems eloquent. I'm not worried about perfection. I'm looking at connection. I'm, I'm going, is, is God going to be honored if I do this? If I, if I do it this way, if I say it that way, if I, if I take this step, if I take that step. Do you know how you can know, starting today, that you're on the road of success? Not just a road to success, but a road of success by committing everything over to the Lord today. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Listen, it's not just about what you say and do. It is about your heart. When Jesus has your heart, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When Jesus has your heart, he'll have your life. The Bible's very clear. No matter what life throws our way, if we put our little hand in his big hand and we choose no matter what and no matter who does this or that to, to follow Jesus step by step by step, trusting him, obeying him, seeking to listen to him, the Bible is very clear that we are going to be victorious. And we're going to be glad that we ran the race that he prepared for us in advance. Would you bow your heads with me today? Dear Heavenly Father, God, I'm just praying, Lord, that, that, that you have taken me out of the way. God, I pray that, that each person will have heard what they needed to hear. Whether, whether through words spoken or through your spirit speaking to them. God, I pray each of us would understand, Lord, that, that we need you every minute, every hour. And, Lord, that we can turn to you every minute, every hour. But, God, we also thank you that you didn't leave us alone, God. You gave us other brothers and sisters in Christ that, that we can lean upon. We can be mutually encouraged. And we can all seek to, 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 to head towards, Lord, your will, your plans for your glory. God, I lift up the person who's never given their heart and life to Christ. Lord, I pray that today, if it's their heart's desire, Lord, they'll admit their sin. They'll believe in you, Jesus, God's Son, that you died on the cross for their sins. And you overcome through your resurrection both sin and the grave. Lord, so that whoever believes in you, Jesus, will not go to hell, but by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection alone will go to heaven. God, I pray if there's anyone that's not taking that step, they'll choose to do that today. God, I pray for others that they, they know you, God, but they need to get back with the team. Lord, they need to just get back on track. Lord, may they commit their heart to you today. And Lord, may they find others that can help them accomplish that. Lord, we thank you for this day and we thank you for what you've spoken and we thank you for every victory you've given us in the past and all the victory you will give us going forward in Jesus name. Amen. Would you stand with us please? This altar's open. I'm available here should you